April 22nd through April 28th of Morning and Evening Daily Readings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Morning and Evening Daily Readings by Charles Spurgeon. Morning, April 22nd. Him hath God exalted. Acts 5, verse 31. Jesus our Lord, once crucified, dead, and buried, now sits upon the throne of glory. The highest place that heaven affords is his by undisputed right. It is sweet to remember that the exaltation of Christ in heaven is a representative exaltation. He is exalted at the Father's right hand, and though as Jehovah he had eminent glories, in which finite creatures cannot share, yet as the mediator, the honors which Jesus wears in heaven are the heritage of all the saints. It is delightful to reflect how close is Christ's union with his people. We are actually one with him. We are members of his body, and his exaltation is our exaltation. He will give us to sit upon his throne, even as he has overcome, and is set down with his Father on his throne. He has a crown, and he gives us crowns too. He has a throne, but he is not content with having a throne to himself. On his right hand there must be his queen, arrayed in gold of Ophir. He cannot be glorified without his bride, Look up, believer, to Jesus now. Let the eye of your faith behold him with many crowns upon his head. And remember that you will one day be like him, when you shall see him as he is. You shall not be so great as he is. You shall not be so divine. But still you shall, in a measure, share the same honors, and enjoy the same happiness and the same dignity which he possesses. Be content to live unknown for a little while, and to walk your weary way through the fields of poverty, or up the hills of affliction. For by and by you shall reign with Christ, for he has made us kings and priests unto God, and we shall reign for ever and ever. O oh, wonderful thought for the children of God! We have Christ for our glorious representative in heaven's courts now, and soon he will come and receive us to himself, to be with him there to behold his glory, and to share his joy. Evening, April 22nd. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night. Psalm 91, verse 5. What is this terror? It may be the cry of fire, or the noise of thieves, or fancied appearances, or the shriek of sudden sickness, or death. We live in the world of death and sorrow. We may therefore look for ills as well in the night watches as beneath the glare of the broiling sun. Nor should this alarm us, for be the terror what it may, the promise is that the believer shall not be afraid. Why should he? Let us put it more closely. Why should we? God our Father is here, and will be here all through the lonely hours. He is an almighty watcher, a sleepless guardian, a faithful friend. Nothing can happen without his direction, for even hell itself is under his control. Darkness is not dark to him. He has promised to be a wall of fire around his people, and who can break through such a barrier? Worldlings may well be afraid, for they have an angry God above them, 
a guilty conscience within them, and a yawning hell beneath them. But we, who rest in Jesus, are saved from all these through rich mercy. If we give way to foolish fear, we shall dishonor our profession and lead others to doubt the reality of godliness. We ought to be afraid of being afraid, lest we should vex the Holy Spirit by foolish distrust. Down, then, ye dismal forebodings and groundless apprehensions. God has not forgotten to be gracious, nor shut up his tender mercies. It may be night in the soul, but there need be no terror, for the God of love changes not. Children of light may walk in darkness, but they are not therefore cast away. Nay, they are now enabled to prove their adoption by trusting in their heavenly Father, as hypocrites cannot do. Though the night be dark and dreary, darkness cannot hide from thee. Thou art he who never weary, watchest where thy people be. Morning, April 23rd. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Romans 8, verse 33. We go to Christ for forgiveness, and then too often look to the law for power to fight our sins. Paul thus rebukes us, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Take your sins to Christ's cross, for the old man can only be crucified there. We are crucified with him. The only weapon to fight sin with is the spear which pierced the side of Jesus. To give an illustration, you want to overcome an angry temper. How do you go to work? It is very possible you have never tried the right way of going to Jesus with it. How did I get salvation? I came to Jesus just as I was, and I trusted him to save me. I must kill my angry temper in the same way. It is the only way in which I can ever kill it. I must go to the cross with it and say to Jesus, Lord, I trust thee to deliver me from it. This is the only way to give it a death blow. Are you covetous? Do you feel the world entangle you? You may struggle against this evil so long as you please, but if it be your besetting sin, you will never be delivered from it in any way but by the blood of Jesus. Take it to Christ. Tell him, Lord, I have trusted thee, and thy name is Jesus, for thou dost save thy people from their sins. Lord, this is one of my sins. Save me from it. Ordinances are nothing without Christ as a means of mortification. Your prayers and your repentances and your tears, the whole of them put together, are worth nothing apart from him. None but Jesus can do helpless sinners good, or helpless saints either. You must be conquerors through him who hath loved you, if conquerors at all. Our laurels must grow among his olives in Gethsemane. Evening, April 23rd. Lo, in the midst of the throne stood a lamb as it had been slain. Revelation 5, verse 6. Why should our exalted Lord appear in his wounds in glory? The wounds of Jesus are his glories, his jewels, his sacred ornaments. To the eye of the believer, Jesus is passing fair because he is white and ruddy, white with innocence and ruddy with his own blood. 
we see him as the lily of matchless purity and as the rose crimsoned with his own gore christ is lovely upon olivet and tabor and by the sea but oh there never was such a matchless christ as he that did hang upon the cross there we beheld all his beauties in perfection all his attributes developed all his love drawn out all his character expressed beloved the wounds of jesus are far more fair in our eyes than all the splendor and pomp of kings the thorny cross is more than an imperial diadem it is true that he bears not now the sceptre of reed but there was a glory in it that never flashed from sceptre of gold jesus wears the appearance of a slain lamb as his court dress in which he wooed our souls and redeemed them by his complete atonement nor are these only the ornaments of christ they are the trophies of his love and of his victory he has divided the spoil with the strong he has redeemed for himself a great multitude whom no man can number and these scars are the memorials of the fight ah if christ thus loves to retain the thought of his sufferings for his people how precious should his wounds be to us behold how every wound of his a precious balm distills which heals the scars that sin had made and cures all mortal ills those wounds are mouths that preach his grace the ensigns of his love the seals of our expected bliss in paradise above morning april twenty fourth and because of all this we make a sure covenant nehemiah nine verse thirty eight there are many occasions in our experience when we may rightly and with benefit renew our covenant with god after recovery from sickness when like hezekiah we have had a new term of years added to our life we may fitly do it after any deliverance from trouble when our joys bud forth anew let us again visit the foot of the cross and renew our consecration especially let us do this after any sin which has grieved the holy spirit or brought dishonor upon the cause of god let us then look to that blood which can make us whiter than snow and again offer ourselves unto the lord we should not only let our troubles confirm our dedication to god but our prosperity should do the same if we ever meet with occasions which deserve to be called crowning mercies then surely if he hath crowned us we ought also to crown our god let us bring forth anew all the jewels of the divine regalia which have been stored in the jewel closet of our heart and let our god sit upon the throne of our love arrayed in royal apparel if we would learn to profit by our prosperity we should not need so much adversity if we would gather from a kiss all the good it might confer upon us we should not so often smart under the rod have we lately received some blessing which we little expected has the lord put our feet in a large room can we sing of mercies multiplied then this is a day to put our hand upon the horns of the altar and say bind me here my god bind me here with cords even for ever inasmuch as we need the fulfillment of new promises from god let us offer renewed prayers that our old vows may not be dishonored let us this morning 
make with him a sure covenant because of the pains of jesus which for the last month we have been considering with gratitude evening april twenty fourth the flowers appear on the earth the time of the singing of birds is come and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land song of solomon two verse twelve sweet is the season of spring the long and dreary winter helps me to appreciate its genial warmth and its promise of summer enhances its present delights after periods of depression of spirit it is delightful to behold again the light of the sun of righteousness then our slumbering graces rise from their lethargy like the crocus and the daffodil from their beds of earth then is our heart made merry with delicious notes of gratitude far more melodious than the warbling of birds and the comforting assurance of peace infinitely more delightful than the turtle's note is heard within our soul now is the time for the soul to seek communion with her beloved now must she rise from her native sordidness and come away from her old associations if we do not hoist the sail when the breeze is favorable we shall be blameworthy times of refreshing ought not to pass over us unimproved when jesus himself visits us in tenderness and entreats us to arise can we be so base as to refuse his request he has himself risen that he may draw us after him he now by his holy spirit has revived us that we may in newness of life ascend into the heavenlies and hold communion with himself let our wintry state suffice us for coldness and indifference when the lord creates a spring within let our sap flow with vigor and our branch blossom with high resolve o lord if it be not springtime in my chilly heart i pray thee make it so for i am heartily weary of living at a distance from thee o the long and dreary winter when wilt thou bring it to an end come holy spirit and renew my soul quicken thou me restore me and have mercy on me this very night i would earnestly implore the lord to take pity upon his servant and send me a happy revival of spiritual life morning april twenty fifth rise up my love my fair one and come away song of solomon two verse ten lo i hear the voice of my beloved he speaks to me fair weather is smiling upon the face of the earth and he would not have me spiritually asleep while nature is all around me awakening from her winter's rest he bids me rise up and well he may for i have long enough been lying among the pots of worldliness he is risen i am risen in him why then should i cleave unto the dust from lower loves, desires, pursuits, and aspirations. I would rise towards him. He calls me by the sweet title of my love, and counts me fair. This is a good argument for my rising. If he has thus exalted me, and thinks me thus comely, how can I linger in the tents of Kedar, and find congenial associates among the sons of men? He bids me come away, further and further from everything selfish, groveling, worldly sinful he calls me yea from the outwardly religious world which knows him not and has no sympathy with the mystery of the higher life he calls me 
come away has no harsh sound in it to my ear for what is there to hold me in this wilderness of vanity and sin o oh, my lord would that i could come away but i am taken among the thorns and cannot escape from them as i would i would if it were possible have neither eyes nor ears nor heart for sin thou callest me to thyself by saying come away and this is a melodious call indeed to come to thee is to come home from exile to come to land out of the raging storm to come to rest after long labor to come to the goal of my desires and the summit of my wishes but lord how can a stone rise how can a lump of clay come away from the horrible pit oh raise me draw me thy grace can do it send forth the holy spirit to kindle sacred flames of love in my heart and i will continue to rise until i leave life and time behind me and indeed come away evening april twenty fifth if any man hears my voice and open the door i will come in to him revelations three verse twenty what is your desire this evening is it set upon heavenly things do you long to enjoy the high doctrine of eternal love do you desire liberty in very close communion with god do you aspire to know the heights and depths and lengths and breaths then you must draw near to jesus you must get a clear sight of him in his preciousness and completeness you must view him in his work in his offices in his person he who understands christ receives an anointing from the holy one by which he knows all things christ is the great master key of all the chambers of god there is no treasure house of god which will not open and yield up all its wealth to the soul that lives near to jesus are you saying oh that he would dwell in my bosom would that he would make my heart his dwelling place forever open the door beloved and he will come into your souls he has long been knocking and all with this object that he may sup with you and you with him he sups with you because you find the house or the heart and you with him because he brings the provision he could not sup with you if it were not in your heart you finding the house nor could you sup with him for you have a bare cupboard if he did not bring provision with him fling wide then the portals of your soul he will come with that love which you long to feel he will come with that joy into which you cannot work your poor depressed spirit he will bring the peace which now you have not he will come with his flagons of wine and sweet apples of love and cheer you till you have no other sickness but that of love or powering love divine only open the door to him drive out his enemies give him the keys of your heart and he will dwell there forever o oh, wondrous love that brings such a guest to dwell in such a heart morning april twenty sixth this do in remembrance of me first corinthians eleven verse twenty four it seems then that christians may forget christ there could be no need for this loving exhortation if there were not a fearful supposition that our memories might prove treacherous nor is this a bare supposition it is alas too well confirmed in our experience not as a possibility but as a lamentable fact 
it appears almost impossible that those who have been redeemed by the blood of the dying lamb and loved with an everlasting love by the eternal son of god should forget that gracious saviour but if startling to the ear it is alas too apparent to the eye to allow us to deny the crime forget him who never forgot us forget him who poured his blood forth for our sins forget him who loved us even to the death can it be possible yes it is not only possible but conscience confesses that it is too sadly a fault with all of us that we suffer him to be as a wayfaring man tarrying but for a night he whom we should make the abiding tenant of our memories is but a visitor therein the cross where one would think that memory would linger and unmindfulness would be an unknown intruder is desecrated by the feet of forgetfulness does not your conscience say that this is true do you not find yourselves forgetful of jesus some creature steals away your heart and you are unmindful of him upon whom your affection ought to be set some earthly business engrosses your attention when you should fix your eyes steadily upon the cross it is the incessant turmoil of the world the constant attraction of earthly things which takes away the soul from christ while memory too well preserves a poisonous weed it suffereth the rose of sharon to wither let us charge ourselves to bind a heavenly forget-me-not about our hearts for jesus our beloved and whatever else we let slip let us hold fast to him evening april twenty sixth blessed is he that watcheth revelation sixteen verse fifteen we die daily said the apostle this was the life of the early christians they went everywhere with their lives in their hands we are not in this day called to pass through the same fearful persecutions if we were the lord would give us grace to bear the test but the tests of christian life at the present moment though outwardly not so terrible are yet more likely to overcome us than even those of the fiery age we have to bear the sneer of the world that is little its blandishments its soft words its oily speeches its fawning its hypocrisy are far worse our danger is lest we grow rich and become proud lest we give ourselves up to the fashions of this present evil world and lose our faith or if wealth be not the trial worldly care is quite as mischievous if we cannot be torn in pieces by the roaring lion if we may be hugged to death by the bear the devil little cares which it is so long as he destroys our love to christ and our confidence in him i fear me that the christian church is far more likely to lose her integrity in these soft and silken days than in those rougher times we must be awake now for we traverse the enchanted ground and are most likely to fall asleep to our own undoing unless our faith in jesus be a reality and our love to jesus a vehement flame many in these days of easy profession are likely to prove tares and not wheat hypocrites with fair masks on their faces but not the true-born children of the living god christian do not think that these are times in which you can dispense with watchfulness or with holy ardor 
You need these things more than ever, and may God the eternal spirit display his omnipotence in you, that you may be able to say, in all these softer things, as well as in the rougher, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Morning, April 27th. God, even our God. Psalm 67, verse 6. It is strange how little use we make of the spiritual blessings which God gives us. But it is stranger still how little use we make of God himself. Though he is our own God, we apply ourselves but little to him, and ask but little of him. How seldom do we ask counsel at the hands of the Lord? How often do we go about our business without seeking his guidance? In our troubles, how constantly do we strive to bear our burdens ourselves, instead of casting them upon the Lord, that he may sustain us. This is not because we may not, for the Lord seems to say, I am thine, soul, come and make use of me as thou wilt. Thou mayst freely come to my store, and the oftener the more welcome. It is our own fault if we make not free with the riches of our God. Then, since thou hast such a friend, and he invites thee, draw from him daily. Never want, whilst thou hast a God to go to. Never fear or faint, while thou hast a God to help thee. Go to thy treasure and take whatever thou needest. There is all that thou canst want. Learn the divine skill of making God all things to thee. He can supply thee with all, or better still, he can be to thee instead of all. Let me urge thee then to make use of thy God. Make use of him in prayer. Go to him often, because he is thy God. Oh, wilt thou fail to use so great a privilege? Fly to him. Tell him all thy wants. Use him constantly by faith at all times. If some dark providence has beclouded thee, use thy God as a sun. If some strong enemy has beset thee, Find in Jehovah a shield, for he is a sun and a shield to his people. If thou hast lost thy way in the mazes of life, use him as a guide, for he will direct thee. Whatever thou art, and wherever thou art, remember God is just what thou wantest, and just where thou wantest, and that he can do all thou wantest. Evening, April 27th. The Lord is King forever and ever. Psalm 10, verse 16. Jesus Christ is no despotic claimant of divine right, but he is really and truly the Lord's anointed. It hath pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. God hath given to him all power and all authority. As the Son of Man, he is now head over all things to his church, and he reigns over heaven and earth and hell, with the keys of life and death at his girdle. Certain princes have delighted to call themselves king by the popular will, and certainly our Lord Jesus Christ is such in his church. If it could be put to the vote whether he should be king in the church, every believing heart would crown him. Oh, that we could crown him more gloriously than we do! We would count no expense to be wasted that could glorify Christ, Suffering would be pleasure, and loss would be gain, if thereby we could surround his brow with brighter crowns, 
and make him more glorious in the eyes of men and angels. Yes, he shall reign. Long live the king. All hail to thee, King Jesus. Go forth, ye virgin souls who love our Lord. Bow at his feet. Strew his way with the lilies of your love and the roses of your gratitude. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Moreover, our Lord Jesus is king in Zion by right of conquest. He has taken and carried by storm the hearts of his people and has slain their enemies who held them in cruel bondage. In the Red Sea of his own blood, our Redeemer has drowned the Pharaoh of our sins. Shall he not be king in Jeshurun? He has delivered us from the iron yoke and heavy curse of the law. Shall not the liberator be crowned? We are his portion, whom he has taken out of the hand of the Amorite with his sword and with his bow. Who shall snatch his conquest from his hand? All hail, King Jesus. We gladly own thy gentle sway. Rule in our hearts forever, thou lovely Prince of Peace. Morning, April 28th. Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Psalm 119, verse 49. Whatever your especial need may be, you may readily find some promise in the Bible suited to it. Are you faint and feeble because your way is rough and you are weary? Here is the promise. He giveth power to the faint. When you read such a promise, take it back to the great promiser and ask him to fulfill his own word. Are you seeking after Christ and thirsting for closer communion with him? This promise shines like a star upon you. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Take that promise to the throne continually. Do not plead anything else, but go to God over and over again with this. Lord, thou hast said it. Do as thou hast said. Are you distressed because of sin? and burdened with the heavy load of your iniquities? Listen to these words. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions, and will no more remember thy sins. You have no merit of your own to plead why he should pardon you, but plead his written engagements, and he will perform them. Are you afraid, lest you should not be able to hold on to the end? lest after having thought yourself a child of God, you should prove a castaway? If that is your state, take this word of grace to the throne and plead it. The mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but the covenant of my love shall not depart from thee. If you have lost the sweet sense of the Savior's presence and are seeking him with a sorrowful heart, remember the promises. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Banquet your faith upon God's own word, and whatever your fears or wants, repair to the bank of faith with your father's note of hand, saying, Remember the word of thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Evening, April 28th. All the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Ezekiel 3, verse 7. Are there no expectations? No, not one. Even the favored race are thus described. Are the best so bad? Then what must the worst be? 
Come, my heart, consider how far thou hast a share in this universal accusation, and while considering, be ready to take shame unto thyself wherein thou mayest have been guilty. The first charge is impudence, or hardness of forehead, a want of holy shame, an unhallowed boldness in evil. Before my conversion, I could sin and feel no compunction, hear of my guilt and yet remain unhumble, and even confess my iniquity and manifest no inward humiliation on account of it. For a sinner to go to God's house and pretend to pray to him and praise him argues a brazen facedness of the worst kind. Alas, since the day of my new birth I have doubted my Lord to his face, murmured unblushingly in his presence, worshipped before him in a slovenly manner, and sinned without bewailing myself concerning it. If my forehead were not as an adamant, harder than flint, I should have far more holy fear and a far deeper contrition of spirit. Woe is me, I am one of the impudent house of Israel. The second charge is hard-heartedness, and I must not venture to plead innocent here. Once I had nothing but a heart of stone, and although through grace I now have a new and fleshly heart, much of my former obduracy remains. I am not affected by the death of Jesus as I ought to be. Neither am I moved by the ruin of my fellow men, the wickedness of the times, the chastisement of my heavenly Father, and my own failures as I should be. Oh, that my heart would melt at the recital of my Savior's sufferings and death. Would to God I were rid of this nether millstone within me, this hateful body of death. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The disease is not incurable. The Savior's precious blood is the universal solvent. And me, even me, it will effectually soften till my heart melts as wax before the fire. End of April 22nd through April 28th